bitch. Is that better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Is bitch better? Hey, bitches. Welcome back to another episode of Bitches Better. I'm your host, Raven. And in case you only listened to my Bravo Day episodes, I'd like to wish you a happy new year. I missed y'all. Um, I really needed that break and I was feeling refreshed. But after some recent events here in the good old United States of America, I can't say that I'm all that refreshed anymore. But I can say that I'm back and bitchier than ever, as promised. So there's that. Um, but I am excited because it's Bravo Day. It's a super-sized Bravo Day, actually. Um, I'm going to recap Atlanta, Below Deck, Dallas, and Salt Lake City um, today and every Friday now. Um, I'm actually kind of annoyed because every time I feel like I get into a groove with like the show schedules, something new comes on and like throws everything off and I got to switch things up. So here I go again, switching things up, uh, try and keep up. <laughs> so yeah, I'll be doing uh, two episodes a week as long as nothing else changes, but it probably will because that's how things go. Um, but yeah, Mondays will be the 90 Day Fiance and Love After Lockup recaps and Fridays will be Bravo Day. Sound good? Excellent. All right. So before I get into the shows, there's some things that have happened over the past couple of weeks that I must talk about. And I'm just going to start by saying, if you're new here, um, just want to let you know, I am a Black woman. And if you do not believe in the Black Lives Matter movement, um, this probably is not the podcast for you. But thanks for stopping by anyway. Okay. So Andy did an interview, I think, with like the New York Times or something, and he basically uh, confirmed that the Vanderpump Rules firings of Stassi, Kristen, Max, and Brett were performative, just as I and many others uh, said when it first happened. Um, Because if you remember, all they did was put out a statement saying that, you know, they wouldn't be returning to the show. No explanation or anything. Whereas when the guy from Below Deck was fired, they said it was because of his racist actions. So we thought that was a little fishy. So um, what he said was the firing them was a decision for the moment and it would have been more interesting for them to have worked their issues out on camera And I'm just like, oh, yeah, I bet it would have been. So we could see you bring in like some poor, unsuspecting black person or person of color to tell these bitches how wrong they were and teach them a lesson. And then they'll shed a few tears all while being paid piles of cash and rewarding their bad behavior. Oh, please get the fuck out of here with that bullshit. Honestly, pick a fucking lane. You can't do the it's a movement, not a moment series and pretend like you care about the Black Lives Matter movement and then turn around and say some shit like that. You just can't. You got to pick one. And if y'all don't think that they did anything wrong and the ratings for these TV shows is what's top priority for you, then say that. Like, say it with your chest and let the chips fall where they may. But don't just fire people because you want people to shut up about it. And actually, if you are going to do that, you know, just keep that same energy. Like what Andy did here, like has real Kelly Dodd energy to it. And I don't like it. And y'all know what I'm talking about. Like she'll apologize. And then like a short while after she'll be like, oh, I didn't actually mean it. You know, my publicist just told me to apologize. So that's what I did. Don't be a Kelly Dodd, Andy. No one wants that for you. I don't even think you want that for you. Um, Okay. So also Monique quit during my break. So 
she had received a contract, but then、uh, she went on Instagram Live and said she's over it and she's done. She doesn't want she doesn't want to do Potomac anymore. And I totally understand. And I even said this on past episodes that either her or Candice, either one of them, were going to have to go because not, they wouldn't film with each other again. And it would probably be Monique leaving. And here we are. I think that after seeing part three of the reunion and how it was edited and all that, she was like, "You know what? Fuck y'all," because apparently Giselle had a meltdown. Like she even said this herself.、Um, but we didn't see any of that, and a lot of people think it's because Bravo is trying to protect her because of the whole Bravo's chat room show. And I was like, "Hmm, good point. I agree." And that's a reason why they shouldn't have these people who are on shows that are currently on TV on a show like this. It's too biased. Also, fuck Giselle for having that security guard there, and fuck Jamal Bryant for saying in his little Instagram video that Chris Samuels tried to attack Giselle and Robin because nothing even close to that happened. So fuck y'all.、Uh, so, anyways.、Um, I'm sad to see Monique go, but I'm happy that she's putting herself and her family first. And、um, after she had the season that she did, like I totally get why she'd want to leave. Like I probably would too. Okay, The Bachelor came on this week, and I've got to say, I'm in love.、Um, Matt James is super hot, tall, dark, and handsome. Literally,、um, I don't even mind these ridiculous two-hour-long episodes if I get to look at him the whole time. And y'all know how much I hate two-hour-long episodes of anything. It's just excessive and uncalled for. But I'll look at him for two hours.、Um, also, they've got a bunch of good bitches on there too. Like they're crazy. The first episode was great,、um, and I just know there's going to be so much drama. And I just feel like I'm all in. I'm really excited. About it. So, does that make me part of Bachelor Nation? Am I in yet? <laughs> Somebody, let me know, please. Okay, so then I also have a little bit of Salt Lake City tea、uh, from Christian Grace Snow, and it's about the contracts for these women. So,、um, Meredith has definitely received a contract.、Um, Jen has not, but you know. She could get one tomorrow. It's that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but apparently she's been told that she doesn't feel authentic, which I feel like we've all kind of said that. But it's like whatever, you know, still entertaining at the end of the day. So,、um, but I think that everyone should be invited back for an- another season. Like everyone should get a second chance. I think the cast is great the way that it is.、Um, so give everyone a contract, y'all. Okay, so that's it for the news. <laughs> Listen to me, the news.、Um, so anyway, I thought that the new year would be a good time to bring back the bad bitch, horrible bitch segment. I kind of fell off with it before, but I'm bringing it back. So、um, I'm gonna start with the horrible bitch and end with the bad bitch. So horrible bitch goes to Donald Trump, his terrorist supporters that stormed the fucking Capitol building yesterday. The police that helped them do it by opening the gates for them, taking selfies with them, helping them down the stairs, etc. Because、um, we all saw the treatment of the peaceful Black Lives Matter protesters over the summer, and if they were to pull some shit like this, they would have been dead before they even hit the steps. Like that's a fact.、Uh, we were literally protesting because they were killing us for no fucking reason other than you know we're just black and. These terrorists were rioting because they lost. So yeah, fuck all of them and anyone that supports them and this behavior. I'm sick and tired of this shit. I'm sick of it. You have no idea. 
Okay, on a lighter note, <laughs> we've got uh, our bad bitch, and that's going to go to Dr. Tiffany Moon on The Real Housewives of Dallas. She is beautiful and brilliant, and I'm really excited for her to be on the show and giving it some much-needed diversity. And I think that she handled the Brandy situation extremely well, uh, way better than I would have, but... I'll get into that later when I talk about Dallas. So yeah, bad bitch, Dr. Tiffany Moon. Love you. Okay, let's get into these recaps, shall we? I'm going to start with Atlanta. Um, So we (laughs) see Cynthia, Mal, and Kenya going to yoga. And they are wearing those face shields that I hate so much. Every time I see them, I'm like, oh my God, I cannot. Just wear a regular mask because that's not working. Also, I really check out when Cynthia starts talking about her stupid wedding. Like, I just can't do it. I don't care. And knowing that she went ahead and had this 250-person wedding during a pandemic doesn't help at all. Anyway, Kenya's basically telling her what Mike and the rest of us have been saying about this wedding the whole time. She's acting like all she cares about is the wedding and not the marriage to this man. Because if it can't be exactly how she wants it to be and on uh, 10-10-2020, then she just don't want to do it. And Cynthia says that's not the case, but it totally is, and we all know it. Anyway, she said that she'd marry Mike on the sidewalk if she had to, and it's like... Sure, Dan. Sure you would. Let's see that. So then we see uh, Candy and Kenya, and they're having lunch. And Kenya says that she feels bad for almost ruining Cynthia's engagement before, so she wants to make it up to her by throwing her a surprise engagement party. But <laughs> but she can't uh, say that she's hosting it. She has to get Candy to pretend like she's doing it, because if everyone knows that Kenya's hosting it, then they might not come, because they don't fuck with her. <laughs> Um, and so then, uh, Kenya brings up Portia's protesting and this is where she starts to piss me off. So she's like, I don't know. It seems like she's just not doing it in the right way. She's out here without a mask on and blah, blah, blah. Bitch, shut up. You were at Cynthia's wedding and plenty of other events without a damn mask on. Like, don't do this right now. Just stop talking. So then we go over to Drew's house and, I got to tell y'all, um, I tense up anytime I see Drew with her husband. It's really a lot. And I can't remember who I was talking to about this, but they said that it feels like Drew and Ralph are on a completely different show from everyone else. And I couldn't agree more. So there's that part. But also, I feel like anyone who's ever dated a Ralph-like guy is triggered by these scenes and, like, his gaslighting. It's just too much. Like, I literally get so angry when he speaks, and I'm not having a good time watching them. Like, real Housewives of Atlanta should be fun. Ralph, not fun. And I feel like if every single time we see Drew, we have to see all of this Ralph, too, I'd rather uh, LaToya have the peach instead of Drew. And that's no shade to Drew at all. I just really hate her husband, and I don't want to see him this much, like, or even at all. (laughs) So, yeah, uh, this therapy scene was a no for me for the reasons I just explained. And y'all know I hate (laughs) seeing people's therapy sessions on these shows. I'm a reality TV loving bitch and everything, but I think there are a few things that should remain private and therapy is one of them. Um, And then later we find out that Ralph's dad had a heart attack and passed away. And that's really sad. I feel bad for him. 
And so then we find out that Portia's sister Lauren is planning a surprise party for Portia to celebrate all the good work she's doing. And so she's calling everyone to invite them. And when she invites Cynthia, Cynthia's like, cool, I'll just come with Kenya. She's invited too, right? (laughs) And Lauren was like, um... If she comes with good intentions, that's fine, I guess. And I was just like, yikes. Um, That's basically a no, babe. Like, (laughs) Cynthia, you clearly know how to read social cues and catch on to the shade that's thrown in general because Lauren did it at the beginning of this call when she said she was inviting a few girls she liked. So I'm not sure why you didn't catch the fact that she didn't want Kenya to come. But also, Lauren, just say no, you don't want Kenya to come because you clearly don't. And that's fine. So um, then we see Portia and Tanya and Marlo hanging out. And Portia is talking about the breakup with Dennis. And Marlo's like, girl, please, y'all be back together within the next 90 days. So I'm not trying to hear this from you. And Portia's like, "Uh uh-uh. He's been giving me um, Chanel purses and gifts every day, though. But they're co-parenting gifts. They're not like, I love you, take me back gifts. (laughs) Except, yes, they fucking are, Portia. Like, Please stay strong and don't take that man back, please, because he's he's definitely like chipping away at you right now. And I don't want to see that. Ugh. So then um, Cynthia is getting ready for the party, as is Kenya. And she calls Kenya and tells her that she has been disinvited to Portia's party. And Kenya is pissed. And that's when we get a fourth wall breaking moment. And I love it. And Kenya starts talking to the producers and she's like, um, did y'all know about this? And they were like, no, news, news to us. We didn't know. And she was like, well, someone is paying for my hair and makeup. And I was like, oh, I see. I see what you're actually mad about. You don't care about going to the party, but you already paid for glam. And now you're literally all dressed up with nowhere to go and you're upset. Got it. Now, I don't blame Lauren for not wanting Kenya there at the party because we all know how Kenya can be, but I do wish that she would have just told Cynthia right off the bat that she didn't want Kenya at the party because she knew then that she didn't want her there, and that's fine, but you have to say it. And then I get mad at Kenya again because she starts going off about the party and we get her true feelings about it. And I feel like it's all the stuff that she was trying to say when Cynthia first told her about the party, but Cynthia cut her off, remember? So then Kenya calls Candy, and she's like, well, I won't be at the party. And she's like, it's fine, though, because the party is bullshit, and it's fake, and it's self-serving, and it's just a photo op, and blah, blah, blah. And she always gets arrested on camera, and she's just, like, going off, and it's so disgusting. And then she tries to use the Black Lives Matter movement as a reason like, that she shouldn't be left out of the party. Like, girl, fuck you. Like, you really tried it. For real. Stop it. And Candy did a great job with how she handled her. Like, she was like, well, if that's how you feel about the party, then why would you even want to go in the first place? And Kenny was like, well, because I've done it so many times before. I've gone to these events and been cordial and well-behaved. And (laughs) then we get a beautiful montage of Kenya doing the exact opposite of that. And even Candy in her confessional was like, um, did you forget about the whole Kenya more care thing? Like, bitch, please be serious. Please. Oh, so then uh, we get to Portia's surprise party and the ladies start to arrive and we see Fallon again and LaToya and then they meet each other for the first time. 
And Fallon starts talking about her kids and saying that her husband has five kids and she has three kids. And so there's just a lot of them. And Latoya was like, oh, how old is your husband? And Fallon was like, oh, he's 56. And Latoya was like, mm-hmm, I knew it. And Fallon was like, what do you mean you knew it? And Latoya was like, uh, you just look like you date older men with money. And everyone was like, whoa. <laughs> Like, that comment was completely uncalled for and rude, but I love it. (laughs) She really is like a baby Kenya. And y'all know I do love Kenya, but I am really fucking mad at her right now. Like, I'm really mad at her. She's being terrible. So uh, then Portia finally shows up and, you know, she starts crying and then I start crying. And I'm telling (laughs) y'all... I am sick of this bitch making me cry. I have had enough. That's a fucking enough, Portia. So then Candy invites everyone to uh, the surprise engagement party that's actually being hosted by Kenya secretly. So she was like, yeah, just uh, wear white and show up. See you then. Thanks. <laughs> it's like, no one has any more questions about this. Okay, weird. Um, and then Portia gives like a nice speech and that's the end. It wasn't really like the most um, eventful episode, but still good. All right, now let's move on to Below Deck. So it's uh, the next morning after the crew had their night out and Elizabeth is telling everyone about how she was like hooking up with James in the hot tub and she's super giddy about it. She's literally like ready to write Elizabeth and James forever in her little notebook. And I honestly, I don't hate it. They're like a match made and lazy slacker heaven, to be honest. So like, go for it, I guess. Um, And then uh, Francesca goes to grab Elizabeth and she's like, hey, we're just going to start doing a little meeting every morning before we like get to work. okay?" And Elizabeth (laughs) is like immediately flustered. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I didn't hear on the radio. And Francesca's like, what? No, I didn't call you. I just came down here to grab you. Like, are you okay? What are you talking about, weirdo? And (laughs) as Francesca is talking to Elizabeth, Elizabeth is like walking away and she's being super weird. And it's like the poor girl has like PTSD or something from being scolded. Like she, she automatically thinks anytime Francesca is talking to her that she's in trouble. Like it's very telling. (laughs) So at the meeting, Francesca is like, um, FYI, y'all are on the same level now that I snatched Elizabeth's stripes. So <laughs> no one is better than anyone else, okay? And I'm like, okay, but on the low, we all know Ash is way better than Elizabeth at this job. So yeah. So then um, Elizabeth is being super awkward around James and he's like, what is going on with you, weirdo? Like, did you tell people that we hooked up? And she's like, yeah, I just I couldn't lie. And he was like, oh, great. That's just great. Usually the less people that know, the better. So (laughs) he's over here telling people that it's just a rumor and that it didn't happen. Meanwhile, she continues to tell people about the hookup. So like this should end well. But that doesn't stop James from hanging out with her because they actually had a cute moment later where they were, like, hanging out and just, like, getting to know each other. So who knows what's going to happen there? I still don't think it's going to end well, though, because James is a fuckboy after all, but we'll see. So then we see Francesca talking to herself (laughs) and, like, amping herself up to talk to Elizabeth. And then she finally pulls her aside. And I thought... (laughs) 
that she was going to try and have like a heart to heart with her. But no, that's not what this was at all. She was like, hey, the fact that you were talking shit about me with Izzy so loudly that the entire fucking boat could hear it was immature and unprofessional and not something a second stew would be doing. And Elizabeth was like, no, you're right. I'm sorry. And I was like, what? I was expecting her to do that annoying defensive shit she always does. So when she didn't do that, I was like, oh, look who's learning to keep their mouth shut. Good girl. Now, if we could just get you to do all of your work consistently, we'd be in really good shape. And then we have a laundry issue. (laughs) Captain Lee doesn't have his uniform and he's annoyed. So Francesca's like, oh, what is the problem? And apparently Elizabeth can't find the starch. And Ash is like, girl, I told you it's right there. Like, don't play with me. And Francesca is like, whatever. Y'all just need to make sure that you communicate because this is stupid and it's stressing me out for no reason. And Ash was like, listen, I did communicate with that bitch. So now Ash is like, okay, no more Mr. Nice Guy. I'm always trying to help this bitch and picking up her slack, but that's it. So she's completely turned on Elizabeth now because she tried to make her look bad in front of Francesca. And I don't blame her one bit. Like, I would have given up on her dizzy ass a long, long before this. Also, Izzy is sick. And I'm like, oh my God, please don't let it be COVID. Isn't it sad that now anytime we hear that someone is sick or even we start feeling sick, (laughs) if COVID is the first thing we think of, it's like you can't just have like a regular cold anymore. I hate it. Anyway, uh, then the guests arrive and they're like boat people and they all have boats. So they're going to notice everything and probably be picky as hell. Um, They seem nice, but we'll see. They also have a counter on the bottles of champagne that they're going through. So that cannot be a good sign. (laughs) That can't be a good sign. And then something weird happens. So Rachel says that her phone is frozen because she put it in the freezer and she has a bad habit of doing that. What? This is something that I have never heard of. Like putting your phone in rice when it gets wet? Sure. Putting your phone in freezer? Absolutely not. Do y'all know about this? Like, and she's freaking out now because her phone is frozen. So she can't message her boyfriend. And it's just very odd. Why are you putting your phone in the freezer? And she said it's a bad habit. Like, she doesn't mean to do it. Like, people with Alzheimer's, it's something that they would do, you know? I don't, you know, like, putting their belongings in weird places. I don't know. Message me if you know about a phone in the freezer thing. (laughs) In other news, um, Elizabeth isn't making the guest top priority like she's supposed to. Because yet again, the guests are looking for her so that they can get more champagne. So Francesca's pissed. And um, side note, I know I've said this before, and but I'm literally just going to keep saying it every time. Rachel's food looks so fucking good. And I just want to eat all of it. Like, now. Anyway, then Eddie is talking to the guests about what they want to do the next day. And they want to do everything. They want to go horseback riding on the beach. They want to go shopping in the town. They want a beach picnic. They want to go snorkeling. They want to go down the slide. No. Okay, so what I need for y'all to do is calm the fuck down, have a little team meeting, and choose one to two of those things to do because we're not doing all of that shit. There's not enough hours in the day or people on this crew to pull it off. So stop it. It's ridiculous. 
Senate's dinner time, and Captain Lee is at the dinner, and he doesn't appear to be happy to be there. Um, <laughs> he is visibly grossed out by Dolores uh, when she belches, and who can blame him? <laughs> like, like it's disgusting. And then she goes on to say that she wants to see Captain Lee naked and in the water and just other nonsense. And surprisingly enough, her friends were like, girl, no. They were like, what are you even talking about? Like, you're cut off. Actually, like, you're going to go on a timeout. Like, that's a fuck enough. And Captain Lee, <laughs> Captain Lee says she's drunker than a four-peckered goat. <laughs> and I don't know what that is, but I do know that she's wasted. <laughs> so context clues, right? So as soon as Captain Lee finishes his last bite of food, he's like later losers and leaves the dinner table because that drunk-ass Dolores is still hitting on him and being disgusting. So he's like, bye. Oh, my God. And then drunk-ass Dolores tries to jump in the water, and Captain Lee is like, no. And he literally has to talk to her like she's a fucking child. Like, do not jump in the water. If you do, I'm going to be pissed, and you're not going to be happy. It's not safe. Do not do this. And what does she do? She jumps right into the water and swims away. And she's, she is swimming around and she's like, can I have some bacon? And Captain Lee is like, no, bitch, you cannot have any fucking bacon. Get your goddamn ass back on the boat. And then she does this whole, I paid a lot of money to be here, like Karen thing. And he's like, hey, guess what? I actually don't give a shit. And guess what else? Your charter is over, bitch. And then he goes inside and tells everyone else that their charter is over because of this drunk bitch ruining it for the rest of them. And that was it. And I just cannot wait to see if he actually kicks these people off the boat. Like, can't he just make Dolores leave instead of, like, everyone? And if he does make everyone leave, do they get any of their money back for, like, the days that they didn't do? (laughs) Or are they just fucked? I don't know. But, like, what a thrilling episode. All right, on to Dallas. Um, Now, Bravo released the season premiere early. They told everyone that the premiere date was Tuesday, January 5th, and then all of a sudden on New Year's Eve, they were like, surprise, it's out now. And I was like, okay, that's cool and everything, but I'm not watching that tonight. (laughs) It's New Year's Eve. So yeah, I watched it on Sunday because I wasn't particularly excited to see them anyway, but I was like, I will watch it like before it actually comes on because it's recorded already. So yeah, uh, we see all of the ladies talking to each other on Zoom and they're in quarantine and Stephanie says that she's going to be having a pool party at her house and everyone's invited. And then we go over to Cameron's house and we see her with her kids and she says that she told her kids that the coronavirus started because someone ate a bat and then the kids were just super concerned that people were out here just like eating bats. And in true Cameron fashion, she told them, well, you know, some people just like very unique foods. And I just, I, (laughs) I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. So I'm going to move on. Um, so then Cameron tells us that her dog Louie died eight months ago and is so sad. And apparently she was like blaming court for it because he forgot to give Louie his medicine. And it immediately made me think of the office when Dwight killed Angela's cat Sprinkles. It's not exactly the same thing, but kind of because Angela blamed him for it and it took her years to get over it. Anyway, um, then she said that uh, they had an autopsy done and they couldn't say why Louie died. So that's when she like started to heal and, you know, stopped blaming court for it. 
And I know that had to have been tough because like, what can you do? The dog has gone either way. So she's still upset. And then she also wasn't there when he died. So I'm sure that added to it. Poor thing. Um, So she waited six months before getting a new dog. And so now she's got the new dog, Fancy. And Fancy is super cute. um, But Fancy is like wild. So she had to go to puppy school. (laughs) But now she's back. And Cam is about to undo all the work that she did because she gives her this like over-the-top greeting at the door. And apparently you're not supposed to do that. (laughs) Um, the trainer was like, uh, no to that, no to the doggy Bjorn, and no to the dog stroller. Also, here are some rules and a schedule for fancy. Also, um, the dog trainer is very attractive. I know y'all noticed that. Anyway, then we, uh, go over to Deandra's house and we see her and she says that, uh, her skincare business, good night, good morning. No. What is it called? What is it called? Hard night, good morning. (laughs) My bad. She said that it was going really well, but then COVID came, you know, and it fucked everything up. And Mama D was like, well, you were actually doing a really great job before this. And it's surprising to me. But um, anyway, I want to help you out. So here's (laughs) $100,000. Just like that. $100,000. I want my mom to give me $100,000. What the fuck? Ugh. So anyway, she goes over to Mama D's house and they're having dinner. And Deander keeps saying that she had to change her outfit and change their dinner plans because of some kind of orders that the governor put in place. And I'm just like, Deandra, please, we heard you the first time. You were going to have dinner at Bob's and the governor said no. And now you got it to go and you're eating at your mom's house. We got it. Don't say it again. Ugh. And then... Enter Dr. Tiffany Moon, looking gorgeous. And uh, Deandra was introduced to her through Mama D, and Mama D is obsessed with her. She says that she reminds her of herself. And then Deandra says, yeah, she's like the smarter, less chunky version of me. And instead of being like, oh my god, girl, stop it, Mama D is like, yeah, because I bet she didn't sit around eating donuts all day. And I'm like, oh my god, these two are a mess. But I couldn't help but wonder... How many donuts does Deandra really eat in a day? Because this keeps coming up. Remember when Jeremy um, gave her 50 donuts on her 50th birthday? Like, I'm noticing a pattern here. <laughs> like, whatever, let that lady enjoy her donuts in peace, okay? A donut a day keeps the doctor away. Probably. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, then... um. So they're all talking and Deandra was like, oh, yeah, Cam's having a garage sale. We can go together. And by the way, I cannot wait to see a Cameron Westcott garage sale. I'm surprised she even knows like what that is. So anyway, then Deandra's talking about who's going to be at the garage sale. And she's asking Tiffany if she knows them. And she starts listing off the ladies. And then she gets to Brandy. And I'm like, oh, boy, because I know where this is going. She's going to bring up Brandy's racist-ass video um, towards Asian people. And it was disgusting. Disgusting. And it still doesn't make any sense to me how Leanne got the boot and not Brandy. And I mean, Leanne deserved it, okay? Because she was being horribly racist. But if she goes, Brandy needs to go as well. Um, That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Um, But as discussed earlier, Bravo doesn't really care about that shit. So, yeah. Anyway, Deandra asked Tiffany if she's seen the video, and Tiffany was like, yeah. And before she can even, like, finish, like, like her statement, Deandra goes on the defense talking about, 
I know her, and I know she didn't intend to hurt anyone with that, and she's a nice person, and blah, blah, blah. All right, everybody listen up. I've said this countless times, and I will say it again. Number one, Deandra is wrong in this situation. Why? Because she is clearly just bringing up this whole situation so she can defend her friend. She doesn't actually care to hear this woman of color's opinion or feelings on what happened. She was interrupting and talking over Tiffany when she was trying to explain how seeing and hearing racist shit like this affects her and her past experiences with it, and Deandra wasn't hearing it. She wasn't even trying to hear it. I guarantee you, she didn't hear a single thing that Tiffany said. Because after Tiffany was able to squeeze a few words in, here goes Deandra talking about, she's not racist, she didn't mean it, she's a Christian, don't you agree with me, mom? And Tiffany just shut down, and I got so mad watching this because I've definitely been in that position countless times, and it just makes me so fucking mad, y'all. <sighs> Seriously, I... Ugh. Okay, so the number two is intent versus impact. It doesn't fucking matter if Brandy intended to offend people or not. The fact of the matter is she did, and that's all that matters. So yeah, Deandra, you can kiss my ass. Shut up. Just shut up. But also, um, I'm just really happy to see Tiffany here and being a part of the show. But it really does piss me off that on her first season, she's having to come in and like deal with this bullshit. It's, it's not fair, but here we are. Um, then we see Stephanie and Brandy and they're having a little play date and they're doing a slip and slide with the kids and it's cute or whatever. And then they start talking about the video and Brandy starts crying and she says she had to go to treatment because she was suicidal from all the backlash she was getting on social media after. And I'm sorry to hear that she was suicidal and I'm happy that she got the help she needed and didn't end her life. Obviously, I don't want that for anyone. Um, But I am so sick of seeing these people turn on the waterworks when they're called out on their racist behavior. It's wild. Like, so I'm supposed to feel bad for you because you were being racist and you got called out on it? No. Do I think she's sorry and, like, didn't mean any harm? I mean, (laughs) I'd like to think that. But it's hard, too, when she was literally on Twitter defending the video and saying she thought it was a good impression and she'd do it again. So, whatever. I mean, I hope she's learned something from all this, but who fucking knows? So then we get to uh, Cam's garage sale, and it looks like <laughs> it looks like what I would expect Cameron's garage sale to look like. It just looks like an outdoor boutique, a very pink one. And so I'm watching this, and I'm like, oh my god, I would love to know the prices on this stuff because you know they're not actual garage sale prices. I bet our shit is expensive as hell. And if any of y'all happen to live in Dallas and you went to this garage sale, please let me know. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> So um, then Carrie shows up and she starts telling Cam that her shit is too expensive. And I was like, okay, that answers my question about the prices. And then Cam starts showing us various items of hers (laughs) that are insanely overpriced for a garage sale. And I'm just like, girl, you better take that shit to a consignment shop or something. like, (laughs) Or even Poshmark. Dorinda's always selling her stuff on Poshmark. And Erica was trying to for a little while until the judge told her to cut it out. But... (laughs) That's another story for another day. 
Um, so then Stephanie shows up and she's like, oh, Tiffany, um, you and Jen, which is one of Cam's friends, should come to my little pool party. We're all going to be there. And so is Brandy. She's great. You're going to love her. And it's like, oh, oh, my God, I roll. And that's exactly what Tiffany did. Like, great, Brandy, yay, so excited to meet her. Not really. (laughs) So then we go over to Tiffany's house, and her kids are adorable. And her house is amazing. And she is just like an actual genius. She said she graduated from Cornell at 19 and got her MD at 23. 23. Totally normal. Like, I did not even know that was possible. But like, okay, cool. But also, she is just like rich rich, honey. (laughs) She got money. We love to see it. And so now it's time for Stephanie's pool party and everyone's arriving and Tiffany and Jen meet everyone and it's cool. And then Cam says that she made $23,000 at her garage sale, $23,000. And I had to rewind a couple of times to make sure I heard her correctly. So Basically, fuck me for saying she wasn't going to get anyone to buy her stuff at those high-ass prices, because clearly she did. Um, So then they all sit down, and they're trying to eat, and then they start talking about their drippy vaginas and gobblers. And then Brandy and Jen even go into the bathroom to compare vaginas with each other to see, you know, whether it's drippy or a gobbler. And imagine their surprise when they find out they have matching vaginas. So cheers to that, I guess. (laughs) Fucking, these bitches are crazy. And so then um, they sit back down and Carrie suggests they all go around the table and say something positive and negative about being in quarantine. And y'all know I hate little games like this. I hate them. I'd rather compare vaginas. I'd be like, you know what? Let's just all go around and find our vagina twins instead. Like, let's, I don't want to do this. So... Carrie said she's happy to uh, be able to spend more time with her kids, but her jewelry business has tanked, so that sucks. Um, Deandra says that she started seeing a shaman. She got off all of her antidepressants, which is good. Um, And then Tiffany says that she is enjoying spending more time with her family, but she's also lost, you know, some patience. And then in her confessional, she basically says that people who say coronavirus isn't real basically need to shut the fuck up and that she's a doctor and a scientist and it is real. And if someone she knew said that it wasn't, she'd be like, okay, cool. We are no longer friends. And I was like, yes, bitch, you tell him. Um, so then it's Brandy's turn and she starts talking about her racist video and she starts crying and she says she's sorry and like whatever. And Tiffany has the perfect comparison for how Brandy is acting in this moment. Um, she said, it's like when a kid hits another kid and then starts crying. And I was like, yes, that's exactly it. And then Tiffany says to Brandy, you know, we should talk later. And Brandy starts crying again. She runs off and Carrie chases behind her. And she's like, you know what? You just have to let it go. And if people don't give you a second chance and they don't deserve you. And I'm like, hmm, that is interesting. Do you have that same energy for Leanne? And the producer basically asked Carrie the same thing. And she said, the difference is Leanne was coming from a place of hate and she was being malicious and Brandy was just being stupid and it was a stupid mistake. And like, 
Carrie, just say you don't fuck with Leanne, you know, and you actually like Brandy. And that's what the difference is. Because you don't have to be malicious in order to be racist, okay? But whatever you say, girl, whatever. So um, Brandy and Tiffany have a little sidebar, and Tiffany tells Brandy her story of how she came to America when she was six years old and she didn't speak any English, and people did the same exact shit that Brandy was doing in her video to her when they were bullying her. And then we get a to-be-continued. And while it's nice that Tiffany is taking the time to explain this all to Brandy and, like, share her story, I feel like now is the perfect time to say again that it's not the job of people of color to do this. And again, I hate that she has to be dealing with this right off the bat. It's emotionally draining, as you can see, and no one really wants to be like reliving that shit. So if someone does take the time out to share that type of story with you, listen to them. And for the love of God, Do not fight us on our experiences or diminish them. That is the worst. And one of the big reasons that I don't really feel like sharing my shit anymore. It's a terrible feeling to open up and share about racist shit that's happened to you all your life. And then you're met with, are you sure that's what happened? They probably didn't mean it that way. You're overreacting or like that didn't happen. So it's like, fuck you, you know? Or just use Google if you have a question or just stay ignorant, I guess. I, whatever. Like, do you, but do it far away from me. Thank you. Um, but, you know, I will give Brandy a little credit here, though, because she was like just listening and letting Tiffany talk in this moment. And that's more than I can say for Deandra earlier in the episode. So we'll see what happens. All right. On to Salt Lake. <laughs> so uh, we see Jen at home. And she's planning a surprise party for Sharif's birthday. And it's sure to be an over-the-top event because we know she gets down with the parties. She says it's hip-hop and golf-themed, which is an interesting pair. Um, uh, Also, Mary isn't invited. And I really hate it when this happens on Housewives. And I just low-key want to see Mary's kooky ass. I missed her last week, didn't (laughs) y'all? So uh, then we see Mary at her house and... She said that when her grandma died, she left all of this stuff to her. Churches, her husband, her homes. And Mary says that she doesn't even know how many homes they have. But she lists off like five and says that they don't rent them at all. So if they're not there, then the houses are empty. And anytime she says something ridiculous like that, like regarding money, I just think about her alleged like cult church. Like how does she have so much money? I'm scared to do a deep dive on her, though. Like, I feel like I won't be able to enjoy her anymore, so I'm, like, putting it off for as long as I can. Uh, Anyway, Robert is uh, off in one of these cities checking the grass at one of these houses, and I get the feeling he does this whenever he needs a break from her, because she was like, you know, whenever you go check on the grass, you end up just taking a vacation. (laughs) Because if they have so much money, they could totally just hire landscapers to take care of it. He doesn't have to go check the grass. So um, then Mary tells him that she's not only sad that she's not invited to Jen's party, but also because she feels like all the other ladies are taking Jen's side in this whole feud. And it's like they tell Mary that they don't agree with how Jen is treating her, but they're too scared to say anything to Jen about it. And I was like, oh, 
Good points. I mean, that is what it looks like. So that would bug me too. And I do feel bad for Mary because she's crying about this. You know, it doesn't feel good to be left out, but it is what it is. So then we see Heather at home and it's Valentine's Day. And I guess they have a a little uh, tradition of like spending Valentine's Day together as a family and like having a little get together, her ex-husband included, um, which is nice. It's cute. But um, in regards to Billy, the ex-husband, I am not sure what I pictured when I thought of what Heather's ex might look like, but it wasn't Billy. The man is wearing Skechers, for God's sakes, and that's no shade to Skechers or anyone who loves Skechers. I just don't see Heather being with a man that wears Skechers. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, then Heather tells us about how her divorce went down. She said that she was planning her daughter's christening, and Billy asked her to change the time to accommodate his sister, and she was like, no. And he was like, okay, cool, I'm moving out. What? (laughs) Fuck you, Billy. (laughs) That's ridiculous. And she said that happened because she was a never-say-no girl. And I was like, oh, definitely been there before. It's like people just get used to you saying yes all the time and always doing exactly what they want. And when you say no one time, it's like, what the fuck? How dare you? They act like it's the end of the fucking world. It's crazy. Um, But y'all, I just love Heather so much. And I just want her to find love in literally whatever else she wants in life because she's an angel and she deserves it all. Oh, bless her. So then we see Whitney go over to Mary's house and Mary shows Whitney her closet. And that's in quotes because it's really her bedroom. But it's literally just like her bed surrounded by clothes. And it's a mess. Whitney calls her a high-end hoarder. And I was like, oh my God, that's perfect. Mary, get rid of some of that stuff. Like this is out of control. And uh, then Mary is talking about how she just loves sitting around in her Gucci pants and her Balmain shoes and her, her top from Milan. And this is coming from the same woman that said, I love this jacket because it's beautiful, not because it's Dolce & Gabbana, like in the trailer. Like, bullshit. You love the designer stuff just because it's designer. Like Jennifer Aiden and her Chanel. Like, that's why you look crazy all the time. You're just putting a bunch of expensive, ugly shit together and calling it an outfit. But, like, do you? <laughs> do you, girl? Then Mary asked Whitney's opinion on the whole Jen thing. And she's like, because it's fucked up that all of y'all say you don't like the way that she treats me in this whole, like, bullshit situation, but you're too scared to say anything to her about it. So now I'm being left out of things. And Whitney was like, well, I'm really sorry about that. And Whitney says that she feels bad because she hasn't been a good friend to Mary. So I'm like, okay, does that mean you're going to actually say something to Jen about this now? Or what? Like, what does that mean? Then we go over to Meredith's house and Meredith and Seth are being flirty with each other. And Brooks is being annoying about it. Like, Brooks, grow up. They're not fucking on the kitchen counter. Honestly, would you rather them be arguing and on the brink of divorce again? No? Okay, shut up. Also, unpopular opinion. I don't like Seth. Um, I see a lot of people on social media standing him, and I don't get it. I find him to be very irritating, and I don't understand the attraction either. And I know that they're officially back together now, and if Meredith is happy, then I'm happy. But yeah, I'm not a fan of his. I'm so sorry. (laughs) 
So then Whitney goes over to her friend Sarah's house, and there's really nothing to it except for the fact that Whitney tells Sarah about the Jen and Mary thing, and Sarah tells her that she just needs to talk to Jen. And she's like, you should talk to her at the party because she apparently is calmer when her husband's around. And listen, I'm all for talking to her about the issue and, like, facing it head on, but talking to her at the party is a horrible idea. She hardly gets time with her husband, and it's his birthday, and she wants him to have a good time, and she wants to have a good time with him. She doesn't want to deal with any of this bullshit at that time. So coming to her with something like this is really going to set her off, and it's a really bad idea. Like, this is not good. So then we see Lisa and her family, and they have, like, a fun day at the aquarium, and it's cute. Nothing to see here. All right, it's party time. And the party is at Top Golf, by the way. So that explains the whole hip hop and golf theme. So it's like, it's not really golf themed. It's just like at a golf place, whatever. It doesn't matter. So Jen and Sharif are together, and Jen is taking him to the party, but Sharif thinks that, <laughs> Sharif thinks that he's going to Popeyes, and he's super excited about that. And I was like, oh my God, relatable content. Y'all, I love Popeyes, but I don't really get to eat it much because I don't live anywhere near one. So when I am near one, I am getting it and I am just as excited about it as Sharif is in this moment. Like, yes, bitch, happy birthday to me. Okay. So then, um, Jen's like giving Sharif directions and she's like, yep, go ahead and turn here because we're actually going golfing. And (laughs) Sharif is like, okay, that's fun. Like does not sound excited at all. (laughs) So I am not sure what he's thinking because his reaction was really weird. Um, But he walks into the party and he's super surprised and happy because he's got like all of his old friends there and his family is there and it's really nice. Then... In Jen's confessional, she shades Meredith and Seth for no reason at all. She's like, yeah, um, if this party doesn't show Sharif how much I love him, then maybe I should just start dating other people. And the producer was like, ah, uh, is that a dig at Meredith and Seth? And Jen was like, mm, no comment. Girl, just say yes. Follow through with the shade. Like, obviously, it is a dig at them. And it was stupid because not only was it uncalled for, it just, it doesn't make any sense either. Like, I see what you're trying to do, but it didn't work. (laughs) So then they all have a dance battle and this looks like a really fun party. So Whitney's on the dance floor and she's doing a lot, you know, she's twerking, she's all over the place, she's doing handstands. And we get a nice little reminder (laughs) that my queen Lisa does not fuck with Whitney, okay? She was like, yeah, Whitney loves attention, good or bad. And, you know, when she heard that it was a 90s hip hop party, she was excited to, like, break out her choreographed dance routine from middle school. And I get that, but get off the floor and stop twerking. (laughs) I screamed. I screamed. She's not here for Whitney and her dance moves. So, oh, God. Now Whitney has decided that she's had enough to drink and she is ready to talk to Jen. And um, it's clear that Whitney has had too much to drink and she is nervous because she's not making any sense, okay? She is rambling and not saying a damn thing. So Heather had to jump in and just say it because Whitney was never going to get to the point. And Jen was like, hey, uh, what the fuck are you talking about? Just spit it out. So together, (laughs) they tell Jen 
that Lisa and Meredith were calling Mary and saying that they are afraid of Jen and how she handles situations. So now Jen is on 10. She's livid, okay? And just as I suspected, she's upset that they're delivering her this news at her husband's birthday party. And right then, Meredith and Lisa walk up and Jen is like... (laughs) screaming, just screaming her face off. But she's directing it at Whitney. So now everyone is mad at Whitney. And I've got to tell you, this whole thing really got away from her. (laughs) Like it really backfired. So Lisa and Meredith are denying ever saying that they were scared of Jen or talking to Mary or whatever. And then Whitney was like, well, since we're on the subject of going behind people's backs, Meredith, uh, Jen has been talking about you and your marriage and insinuating there's some shit going on there. And Meredith was like, oh, cool. I'm disengaging. (laughs) Yeah, now she's mad. So then Whitney, Jen, Meredith, and Lisa are all back together. And I guess (laughs) Heather just got the fuck up out of there. Okay, she's a smart woman. She was like, oh, no, this is not going well. I'm leaving. (laughs) So Whitney was like, um, Jen, can we just go talk real quick? And then when we're done talking, you and Meredith can talk about what I just told her. And Meredith was like, no, not going to happen because I'm not going to be here much longer. I'm literally about to leave. And Jen and Lisa were like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? What's going on? And I'm just like, oh, my God. Whitney has started these little fires everywhere at this party. And now everything is on fire. Do you remember at the beginning of the season when I was like, I'm not really feeling Whitney, but I couldn't put my finger on why? I was like, there's something there, but I don't know what it is yet. Her spirit just didn't agree with mine. Well, here it is, y'all. I knew she wasn't just this little sweet baby voice bitch and there was something else going on there. She is messy, okay? So yeah, now everyone is mad at Whitney. Um, Jen doesn't really care about anything that Whitney told her because it came from Mary. And, you know, she feels like Mary is a lying piece of shit. So basically all of this was for nothing. And now Jen is throwing glasses. She is popping balloons. She leaves the party. And poor Sharif is just left there alone with no wife and no Popeyes. Like, (laughs) what a mess, y'all. A fucking mess. But next week's episode looks amazing as are all of them, and I'm really excited for it. Ugh. I just love them so much. And I love y'all so much, too. Thank you so much for listening. Um, that's all I have for today. Uh, remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter, mainly Bravo, and go to patreon.com slash bitchesbetter for bonus content. I'm recapping season one of Married to Medicine, and we just got to the episode with the Mariah and Toya fight. And there's some crazy similarities with that fight and the Candace and Monique fight. Like, it's really good stuff. So check that out. And I will talk to y'all next week. Uh, Stay safe and stay sane. I love y'all. Bye.